Sitting in the same car doesn't matter. Yeah, he was, he was hit by... Uh, he could have been, he could have been killed. Hmm? The same car, I think. Same car. Oh, next to him, next to the president. Uh, yeah, he was the host, right? Uh, governor of the state of Texas. Well, anyhow, uh, he survived and uh, <laughs> he should have retired right there. And, uh, thanks God. <laughs> this is the deadly game. I'm not going to be a target again. But he stayed on and he did a great deal of damage because he reached that high position of Secretary of the Treasury. And as it turned out, this meeting, so maybe 12 or uh, 15 people uh, making the ultimate decision, every one of them ex expressed some doubts that this may not be a good idea to finish the gold standard uh, like uh, Alexander the Great cut the Gordian knot. So you better take care and think it over about consequences. That every one of them, with the exception of Connolly, the Secretary of Treasury, he insisted that regardless of anything, any objection, this is what we have to do and we have to do it now. And Nixon, if he was, if he had been a wise leader, he would have been careful. If, if everybody objects except one, then perhaps at least we should take a little more time to talk it over, or even enlarge the circle of people and invite their opinions. It, it cannot be just rushed through. It's too important. After all, it is ending something in the world which has been working for 5,000 years because gold has been money continuously for 5,000 years. Well, if it was only four and a half, that's not the point, but several thousand years. Some experts say five, some say, oh, you have to count from the first gold coin, and that was in Li Lydia. Lydia. But that's not the point. I mean, here we are destroying something which has existed and worked for several thousand years. So the wise thing to do is to analyze the problem and find the cause of the trouble and just don't do something. Certainly one thing they did not discuss is that gold is the only ultimate extinguisher of that. But every one of them had some reservation and Yet, the wrong decision was made. And if you look at the charts, price charts, and uh, interest rate charts, 
They all show that really an explosion took place. Once this, is, uh, this announcement was made on August 15th, it happened to be a Sunday, uh, 1971. I, I remember uh, we lived in Canada and the grandparents of my children in Hungary and we were trying to make a, a long distance phone calls and in those days you had to go through the operator. So we called the operator and placed the call. And normally in a few we, you had to hang up after that and a few minutes time the phone rang, you picked it up and you were online and you could talk to your uh, overseas party. And on this day nothing happened. So we called the operator again and they said, sorry, all the lines are jammed and you better cancel the call because there's not much chance you will get through. This has been going on for quite a few hours. You see, we, at that time we didn't know that the announcement has been made a couple of hours ago. So all those people who realized the momentousness of this event wanted to take action some kind of financial decision or whatever investments they had, they just had to figure out what consequences will follow and they wanted to be the first to act. But of course on Sunday it's very difficult. So they were desperate to find communication and I remember that. So there it was. A very foolish decision was made and it took 40 years to reach that stage where we are now, that the monetary system is at the verge of collapse. And that's literally, I'm not exaggerating, that's my honest conviction that the last few shocks which we had especially since 2008, are really, it's a terminal disease. You can uh, count the days, as they say, the days are numbered of, of the present monetary system. And a very, very small percentage of people realize the importance of that. And this is really too bad and it's shocking because these people will suffer financially and it will be excruciating. And in fact the consequences are so horrible that it's difficult to talk about it. Literally blood will flow in the streets and the kind of uh, burning of London, but not in the suburbs, but right in the center, and other cities. And if it, you see London fire could be put out relatively easily because they just brought in police from outside or, and 
But when it happening, when it happens in every town, then there's no way to control it, and then it spreads out in the countryside. It's really too horrible. And why? Because you see, the, the unemployment is already at such a high level that uh, it approaches what it was in the 1930s. And if the unemployment is increasing further, then of course people lose income and the economy shrinks and government revenues from income tax and other type of taxes, business taxes, will shrink and the government needs more revenues because it has to control its indebtedness and rather than controlling that, it will sink deeper into the quicksand. So this is really very, very serious. And it shows the carelessness and the irresponsibility of the government in the uh, 1970s that even after it happened and made the wrong decision, university economists, government economists, private economists, economists working for the industry, financial journalists, and so on, they they weren't curious to study that, okay, let's look at it and let's figure out what consequences we might have to face. So it's an incredible story and uh, and the worst part is that people are not informed. Yeah just complete ignorance, with exception of few. Of course, we are among the chosen <laughs> few. Uh, how did we deserve that? And is it a good thing that we know that disaster is coming, or is it a bad thing? Perhaps there is such a thing as blissed or blissful ignorance. So sometimes... Okay. Now, uh, I haven't even come close to the point of my uh, talk. So, uh, let me continue uh, by saying, oh yes, a very good way of looking at this is that when I don't recall anybody said that at the time, that gold is the ultimate extinguisher of that and the only one. But they may have said something which was close to that. And the answer came from Milton Friedman, a Nobel uh, Prize winner economist. And he said that here is the answer. The US dollar 
is still going to be around and it takes over the role from gold to act as the ultimate extinguisher of that, provided that the Federal Reserve does not increase the stock of money at a rate higher than 3%. So he just pulled this number out of nowhere and said 3%. Okay? If you keep the rate of increase of the money supply below that, then the money will be absorbed by the economy simply by virtue of the fact that the economy is growing. More people uh, enter the labor force and so on, simply through demographic uh, growth, more money is needed. So as long as you are within that bracket, um, you are safe. He suggested that. And they, they even gave a new name to this monetarism, which is just a jazzed up version of the very old quantity theory of money, which in itself is a uh, faulty uh, idea, faulty theory. But we don't go into that. So uh, people said, fine. You know, it's just an obvious change. In fact, they said this is a natural development. Things, it's normal that things get obsolete and new gadgets come along and take their role and do it better than the previous ones. So nothing to worry about. Well, looking back 40 years, you can see that it didn't work. In fact, there is no way to control the money supply under uh, the fiat money system. There's just no way, as we see. QE1, QE2, and so on. So, uh, Friedman's remedy didn't work. And now they tried everything um, in different countries. In Europe, this very bold move in 1999, introducing the euro and organizing this European monetary system with Euro the currency, which is the first artificial fiat money, because all other uh, fiat monies in history originally were convertible into something, gold or silver. And the first fiat money, which does not have uh, which did not arise as a default uh, to pay gold or silver. Is, and there were high hopes that this... Yeah. But to, I already said at that time, 2000, I remember when I uh, was invited to speak in uh, Madrid, and uh, there's this famous... Uh, 
club, it's not a club, it's a, a kind of institute called Athenaeum, Athenaeum in Madrid. I gave a talk and I said to me, I, I don't want to spoil the fun because everybody was celebrating at that time, what a wonderful thing. And I said, to me it looks like making a chain of several links and declare that the strength of this link is equal to the strength of the strongest link, which happened to be the uh, Deutschmark at that time, but that's not important. Uh, it was obvious that the strength of the links were different. So the point is, what determines the strength of the chain? And the answer was, without any thinking, it's the strongest. Well, of course, it's the strongest link. But now, come, come to think of it. If you pull that chain, and apply greater and greater force until it breaks. Will it really be the case that the strongest link will break? Well, obviously not. It will be the weakest. It will be the weakest. So the strength of the chain is determined by the strength of the weakest, not the strongest, the weakest link. So you join all these currencies and say every currency now will be as strong as the Deutschmark. <laughs> now, I mean that was just an analogy, I, I cannot uh, push it through, but it instinctively suggested to me, instinctively suggested to me that this uh, euro is not going to work as they planned. Maybe it will work for a, a, strength, a stretch of time, or, uh, you know, there will be luck and other things, but it's not going to last. I mean, I did say that in public when the euro was introduced. I'm not bragging, don't misunderstand. I mean, it's neither here nor there, but other, I'm sure there were other people who said similar things, maybe in different words. But the point is that it, the idea was not very sound. And now it's pretty clear, because the chain is breaking at, in very uh, different points, and they try to mend it. So, I think we are here at that point, and the chain is about to break, and we even know where it will break. Greece, Italy, Spain, they are talking about, and then there are 
great animosities among members, blaming each other, finger pointing, let's see, your fault, your fault, not my fault. And uh, just Germany is on the side of being blamed for this the discord which uh, we now have. And Finland is another one, but you can include the Scandinavian countries as well. So, you know, this polarization, which is absolutely unnecessary and even harmful. And they don't even look at gold because the solution of the problem is is simple the government needs not gold because they have it but they need gold income you see and if they had gold income this would change the picture completely and if you refinance government debt with gold bonded debt, that would change the picture completely because right now government debt is losing value. It's no longer accepted as uh, something which is to be trusted. But suppose that you refinance all government debts within the European Monetary Union. If they could do that, then it would be no longer a worry because it would not be a one-year bond, but it would be a 30-year government bond. And then you would have 30 years to sort out your problems. And the other question is, how can the government give itself a gold income? Well, there are precedents in the uh, American Civil War, they introduced greenbacks, paper money, not convertible into gold at a fixed rate. So it was uh, immediately fell below the gold dollar and the, the, the the price in the greenbacks of a gold dollar fluctuated. I think it, at one point it went as low as 30 cents. Uh, so, so one gold dollar, I'm, I'm sorry, one uh, paper dollar, one greenback, one, it was worth 30 gold cents. So anyhow, whoever did that, we even know the names of people involved, Spalding was one of them, a representative from New York State in Congress. He suggested that the government should still give itself a gold income because 
it would be very destructive if the Union, that's the northern states, against the Confederation, it would be very bad and destructive if they defaulted on the government debt. In other words, they would have stopped paying interest and principal in gold as contracted. So uh, what they did was that the uh, government continued to collecting custom duties, excise taxes, and other items of revenues in gold. You see? So gold dollars still stayed in circulation, and the government did have a gold income, and out of this gold income it could service its gold-bonded debt. And this could be a main reason why the North was successful, because the military genius was not on the North side, as you probably know. It was on the side of the South. I mean, General Lee was uh, a hundred times greater soldiers than Grant, who, after Lincoln was uh, assassinated, uh, Grant, General Grant, became the President of the United States. So, uh, this is, uh, I haven't checked out, I, uh, I would like to check it out, but just never got around, how the Confederate States financed their part of the Civil War. Did they imitate the North in keeping the custom duty payable in gold and excise taxes payable in gold, or they said, no, we better spend that money also in the war effort. I don't know, and I would like to check out. I'm just telling you that uh, I think it, it would be a very interesting uh, piece of information which I'd like to have. Okay, I think it's uh, time for a break. Fifteen minutes. Thanks very and much. I will, I will continue because uh, I, I have more to say, so I'm sorry. It will be at the expense of the, of the uh, question period. Or we can do this because I think I like what we did this morning. I mean, I think we can do another 15 minutes after the, the lecture at 5 um, for question and answers, if that's okay. What I thought was that we do something similar what we did Yesterday. this morning. In other words, okay. I, I will lecture, but in the form of a conversation with you. Okay. And anybody should feel free to butt in with a question. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's good. So, uh, so in this way we have another hour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay.